Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. I'm Lauren. I'm Alejandro. And we're here today with Jenna Langbaum, who is the author of Me in Search of You. Hello, Jenna. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you all. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, you've been like the queen of going on the dating podcast. So it's so exciting to finally got our hands on you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am so happy that you said that. I am really trying to, um, because of everything with COVID, I couldn't do any like um, sort of like I guess like book signings or anything like that. So I've been really trying to do the whole like podcast situation and it's been so much fun. And I I love, I am a huge podcast listener myself. So I love it so much. Did you also go on Shooters Gotta Shoot? Did I see that? No, I haven't been on that one. Oh, okay. But I I love that podcast. I listen to it all the time. We had them on. So I was just wondering if you had also been on there. Yeah, no, I love them. I love that podcast. And you're based in New York, right? Yes, I live in New York City. I live on the Upper West Side. Um, I've lived here since I graduated from college um, and I love it so much. Awesome. My boyfriend lives there. So I hear a little bit about like the dating in New York from his perspective, like his friend's perspective. <laughs> it is well, quite the situation, guys. It is quite yeah. full of action 24 seven. It's an insane situation here, dating, giving it a go. It's not easy. So I'm curious, what was the connecting thread between the experiences that you were having in dating and then deciding I'm going to put this to like pen and paper and move forward with this idea of creating this book that you just released this year, correct? Yes. So it came out in May. So it's still pretty new, Um, but I've been working on it probably I would say that the writing took about five years. I didn't know that it was going to be a book. Um, But just to backtrack a little bit, I've always been like a writer, always wanted to write a book. Um, I wrote a play uh, right when I graduated from college and I put it on in an off-Broadway theater um, through the Fringe Festival um, and was also like a big theater person, acting, the whole nine yards. But so yeah, I I wrote the play and I did that. And then after that, I did a project with my best friend that was her artwork, her watercolor um, drawings and my poems. Um, And we created prints of that. Um, And so I've always had these like side projects on top of having like a nine to five job in marketing. Um, And so after that last project sort of um, winded down, she was going to grad school. Um, I was like, what am I going to do with myself and what is going to be the next project? And I was really at this crossroads where I wasn't loving my nine to five work. Um, and I was going on all of these dates. I was really in this mindset where I was just dating very frantically, I would say. Um, and I was about maybe 24 at this point. And I was like, I feel like I could, um, I feel like I put in the time and the energy, I feel like I could write a book about all of this happening. And I, I just felt like I hadn't found like the TV show or the movie or the book or any sort of avenue that 
properly discuss what it's like to actually date as like a normal person. It was always a super glamorized version in, in any number of directions. So whether it was like girls, that was like one perspective on like almost like Brooklyn dating from this very specific uh, time period or if it's like sex in the city like we love that but that's like they're in their 30s and like it's none of it is realistic um and I just thought like there's not there's no one that's just talking about like I had to put up a fake wall in my apartment I shop at Zara I am not you know living the New York dream here in a lot of ways and I'm dating a lot and I'm on the dating apps and I'm giving it a go and I thought I would love if that book existed so I'm gonna write it so like I said, I, I was just, I've always, like, I am always in a state of writing, like, I'm always, like, taking little notes, um, and then I just decided that I was gonna try and do it, and so then I committed to the idea that it was, that it was gonna happen, and I became really invested in figuring out what I wanted to say, and what I was trying to articulate with the whole um, process, so oftentimes people will be like, oh, did you go on dates, you know, get material or things like that? And it was sort of like in retrospect, like after going on all the dates and having all the experiences, I then sort of like wrote, I like sort of compiled it into a book. Wow. <laughs> I, I feel like you guys have so much in common with your writing. Totally, totally. Yeah. I feel like I am super inspired by like things that are either going on around me or like in my own head or it's I just like, that how can I just connect with a broader audience by like exploring like the universal elements of like all that we're supposed to experience in either that moment, that conversation. I mean, yeah, I love yeah, that. And I, I have to say that like, I definitely wrote the book with the perspective of a young 20 something person in New York. And if you live in New York and you are that age, you'll get a lot out of it. But I've been surprised at how universal all of this really is. I've gotten messages from 50-year-old women, men, 60-year-old women, men being like, I either remember that feeling or I'm going through it myself, you know, as like on, you know, the dating apps as a divorced person or, you know, whatever stage of, of um, relationship status they're in. I think there is such a universal quality to like these larger themes of like getting rejected, getting excited, the beginning part of a relationship, you know, even if you're dating at 55 it's still the same like apprehension at the beginning like is this gonna be a real thing or is it not like I think that still remains so a lot of it um I really really wanted it to feel universal I was like very obsessed with that fact because um I just I just wanted everyone to be able to see themselves in the stories so that's why it is told in me and you it's not told in any names it's not told in, in genders um, I mean, like there's, you know, you can sort of take it a few different ways. You could take the me and you as like maybe even one person, one relationship, or you can take it as I wrote it basically as many, many, many different people. So Absolutely. Also. And it must be so amazing to have that recognition from people who are not necessarily of your personal demographic, but who can connect with the material in such a way that, I mean, like that has to feel so amazing. And I read, it was on BuzzFeed. Your book was actually like top three. I think like number three in the list of like- <laughs> That was so cool. That was so cool. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I'm happy that you mentioned um, the, the your strategic use of pronouns and um, allowing 
all readers to connect rather than just like being, you know, limited by the narrator's uh, personal preferences. I think that's, again, adding to your talent with like touching on very universal elements and strategies in your writing to uh, create the biggest impact, which I think is so amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely like in some of them more more subtle references of them being like a man maybe, but overall I would say it's as universal as I could possibly as I could possibly make it. And that's probably my favorite part about it. I also saw your post about saying that you were getting feedback from older people feeling like they could relate to. And I thought that was so funny because my mom is divorced and also on the dating apps. And um, I would say like the biggest thing that I've noticed from her going through the apps is that they don't change. And like, I feel like I had so much hope that like men would get so much better when they got older, not you Alejandro, but just like, you. you know, thank you, thank like, you. <laughs> heterosexual man. And uh, they just don't, you know? and it was just like really upsetting to me <laughs> because if you think about it like the the mechanics of what a dating app is and like the uh politics of what you're putting out there what you're not what you're trying to make people perceive you as it, it really does like it could span from age 50 to 18 whatever the youngest ages until beyond it's like you're putting out some image of yourself whatever that is and and trying to sort of um, get, you know, attention from whatever you're putting out. So it's always going to net that weird dynamic a little bit. Um, and I'm saying that as someone who, you know, used the dating apps for many, many, many years. Um, quite familiar with like all the crazy situations that you see on there. <laughs> sure. And it can be like turned into, or not turned into, but it's almost like a game where like yeah. after a certain number of likes it's like that I feel like that leads to um different intentions for different people like depending on how many likes they get or swipe rights or whatever the fuck it is like you know it's just it yes and I I like say this in the book it's almost like a video game and then like as you're walking into the date you're like oh my god this person's actually a real person. It's not just like, oh, I got the hottest guy to like ask me out or whatever. And I think, especially when I was in my early twenties, that was really shocking to me. The transition from like moving from the app to like going into the bar and being like, hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, I also think um, with so many of these, it's, you, you're almost, and I do this myself, I'm so guilty of it you are putting a uh, profile out there where you're just trying to appeal to as many people as possible. Right. So you're just saying- It's curated. Um, yeah. yeah, like I'm, let me choose my most beautiful photo, even if it doesn't even really sort of look like me or isn't the way that I normally do my hair or I normally look. You're just putting out the most beautiful photo. And I feel like even for myself, when I'm answering the prompt questions, I'm thinking, what will, what will guarantee the most answers back? You know, some benign statement. I'm not putting out there as one of my prompt answers, oh, I wrote a book about the dating apps. Let's just say that, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> because I know that, you know, it's almost like I'm, you're trying to get as many, collect as many likes as you can. When in reality, that's not like what a relationship is. It's not like, it doesn't matter how many people like you. It's ultimately like, do you both like each other? And is right. it like a real match? So that is what happens with the dating apps that makes it um, like almost unrelated to what it's actually like to be in a relationship. 
Yeah, I, I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet, but this is the perfect time. My So I have never been on a dating app because I've been in a relationship since I was in college. And um, my friend who was visiting me recently is on the apps and she let me play with her Bumble. And this was my first time like ever experiencing an app. And I had the time of my life. (laughs) It was so much fun, like scrolling through the people, like writing to them. Like I would see that some of them were producers on there and I'd be like, my friend's an actress. Like here's her IMDb. Like it was honestly like addictive. And I can see like, my friend was telling me I was like really going through these people's profiles and reading like every detail and finding like whatever to respond to them my friend was telling me that like it's not common to like go through the profiles like with that precision that like people will just like have like a line that they say to everybody and then just wait for a response and I was like sitting there really like going through it (laughs) (laughs) you're much better than most people even myself you know it's like I look I see, I send them the, the classic message most of the time. Like, I feel like, I feel like it would be so fun if you're not like actually using it. Right. Because it's hysterical sort of to see all the different personalities and all the photos of everyone. And like, what is this? Oh, like. And the high when they respond. Oh, totally. And I mean, definitely when I was younger, I would all of a sudden be like, what if I was with like this guy? Like. Matt from Brooklyn like he's a teacher he looks so sweet like what would my life in Brooklyn be like with him like it's like wait he hasn't even said yes yet and it's like you go down these roads I mean I would say that years and years on it you lose that like naivety I would say um but um it is I can imagine it would be very very fun experience and I definitely like do this with my mom whenever I'm home we're like my friends will be like, come on, like, let's go on it. And I'm like, it's, you know, this is my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know one of the guys responded. My friend was like, uh, my friend took over my app. So sorry about what she was saying. And she was like, oh, she's never been on one. Welcome. We all hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. Thanks up. But do you think you could tell us like some of your favorite experiences that you wrote about in the book or like whatever you think are the most sensational? Yes. So my best story, I would say in the book, that's like the story that everyone is really um, like always points out to me is um, sort of has to do. So I'm obsessed with psychics. I The book goes into a lot about my love of seeing psychics. Um, and it's like something that I do, you know, I have a couple glasses of wine. I just like stumble into the tarot reader. We're on our way here. But um, one night I'm on my way. Uh, this was in 2019. So a few years ago now. It's so crazy that 2019 was like a couple years ago. Right. Um, and I got in a cab like from coming home from from a day, sort of like a day party type of thing. Um, and I remember during that day party, I'd like hit it off with the guy and then like all of a sudden he just like turned so sour. Like it was like, he said like one thing that was like a little off. And then I was like, Oh, like I think it was going so well. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. And I'm like, okay, I'm leaving. I get in the cab. I'm dejected. I'm like, mm-hmm. what was that? And the cab driver is like looking at me in the mirror and he's like, starts laughing. And he was like, I know this is going to sound crazy, 
but I come from a line of African psychics and you are about to find love really soon. Like I can really feel it. And this was in the month of May. And he was like, by July 15th, you will know who this person is and you will be in love with him. Whoa. So I'm beaming. I'm like, oh my God, who is he? You must tell me everything. And he was like, I don't know anything else. Like, this is all I know, whatever. But like, I- You had said nothing to him. No, I hadn't spoke. I hadn't even said one word. Wow. And he was, we were like looking at each other in the mirror. And then I, he he was like, I'm so sure of this that I'm going to write my phone number down. And if this doesn't happen to you, call me. And I'll give you free rides, like indefinitely. Like I, I know it's gonna happen. So I like, I'm freaking out. I go home to my roommates. I'm like, hey guys, I'm about to meet the love of my life by July 15th. So get ready. <laughs> um, and they're all like classic Jenna's on like another one of her weird little adventures. Um, and then about like, so probably about like a month later, I started dating someone and by July 15th, we were like boyfriend and girlfriend and I knew who he was and we dated for a year and then we broke up during COVID, but he didn't say he was my husband. He just said that he was like, that I would find love. Yes. Um, so he was correct. Um, but that was probably one of my craziest like New York stories. It was, uh, I have named his phone numbers in my apartment hanging on the wall in the frame um, <laughs> I just feel like it's the best story ever like it I is. just love it so much um that was probably like my most uplifting New York dating story um but a lot of the dates recorded in the book are very much all of the like hilarious and slightly depressing like dates that you go on with someone where it's going so well it's going so well and then just like one thing happens and you're like why did you have to be so weird or like why did you have to just like make this a different situation than it is and um yeah so that's a little bit of I would say an insight into my experience were there any um parts or uh chapters or sections that you kind of had to fictionalize or yes So the book is, is overall a collection of like my experiences and then like some stories from like friends and like sort of like stories I've heard um, and all of the details of the dates and the stories are all like mixed up. So I might be like discussing a date that I went on like right after a breakup in the West Village and like this was the guy who like told me that he cheated on every person he ever dated, but like that didn't happen until well, I was like 26 or something. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. I mixed up all the timelines, all the people, all the locations, all those sort of like plot lines of the little flings or whoever it was. Um, but the overarching book is about my experience. Um, so I dated someone in college um, and then we tried to stay together after college and then we broke up. So that's like how the book starts. Um, And it kind of like shows you the classic, like we went to a small liberal arts college in New York. We lived a charmed life there. And then we break up, I'm 22 years old. And then like a month later, I'm on a bump date with like a 28 year old man. And I'm like, so I'm just like, how did I get here? (laughs) And so began like my journey into online dating. Um, And then I like go through, you know, 
a section of probably about five years where I'm going on a lot of dates and none of it is really working out um, with like little sort of like flings in between. And then at the end of the book, I met my ex-boyfriend, the one who um, the cab driver predicted I would meet. And all of that is true. So overarching, yes, it's about me. Is it factually correct? No. <laughs> what were some of the things that you found most surprising either while writing or you know after so I was the writing process was very cathartic I think I realized a lot about myself as I was going through it I think I realized I was surprised because I consider myself very confident and very like self-assured and I realized how much I would change myself during these dating scenarios um, to try and get them to like me and make sure that I was sort of like fitting into what their vision of their, you know, significant other or whatever situationship, whatever it is. Um, I think I was surprised at how much I bent for other people. Um, and I think I was surprised by how much uh, I didn't actually want a boyfriend. So mm. I I spent so many years being like, oh my God, oh my God, he needs to like me, he needs to like me. But then when they would like me, I would be like, I don't want this. <laughs> and I think that sometimes you want just like attention and that's just what it is. And it's not necessarily you wanting a boyfriend, it's just you wanting like a fun night or a fun three months or whatever it is, especially in my early twenties. I think I didn't really I wasn't really in like the headspace to be committing to like a serious relationship. Um, so that was a little surprising to me as someone who's sort of like always positioning themselves like I'm looking for a relationship, you know, that kind of mentality. Um, and I'm I've been really surprised, honestly, with the um, experience of other people reading it and relating to so much of it. And, and you know, even passages that I'm certain that feels so specific to me I've gotten people being like oh my god this happened to me or you know something really similar to the situation happened to me and I didn't know even how to explain it to anyone else and I was like so felt so nervous about it or whatever and and reading this made me feel better so those moments make me feel so happy and also make me be like wow we are really just all going through it together yeah, it's funny you say that because I was just in a conversation with someone talking about how like when you get to this point in your mid-20s, you're so used to like setting goals and like meeting goals that it's weird when like you don't yeah. have goals anymore. So people make like the relationship, the marriage, the kids, their goal because like they've achieved whatever, you know, bachelor degree, if they're going to grad school, that it's like that becomes like the next like general step that people feel like they need to take. And when you realize that like you don't need to do that that doesn't have to be your next step it alleviates so much pressure when you're David dating yes I was just thinking this the other day I'm 28 now and I think my whole life I was conditioned to think that I would be married by, by the time that I was 30 and I, I don't even think that I even was I don't think that's a want that I have I just think that the whole world and my whole life was always sort of subtly conditioning me to think like you have to be married by 30 you have to be right. married by 30 like 30 being the big age and now that I know that that's like 95% not going to happen it alleviates a lot of the pressure yeah. like I don't know we're, we're past that already like that's not going to happen whatever yeah. happens is like sort of what's supposed to happen and it's kind of like freeing to not you know 
be so concerned around this number. And I think like, I'm, you know, I was definitely the 25 year old that was thinking in the back of their head, like, okay, like, I wonder when I'll meet him. And I went and I would really sort of like go through the motions to get there. But in reality, I think my true self was really not wanting to meet him at that point. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, I cannot help but ask, what sort of advice would you be willing to share with our listeners when it comes to either dating in New York or, well, anywhere really? Caveat on that, I also really want to know if you've been affected by like, or at least like know about like the ratio in New York, because like I hear all of my guy friends talking about how there's like so many more girls that it's like so easy for my guy friends to go on dates and whatever. And like hearing their perspective on like the rules they've developed, like I'd love to hear it from a woman living in New York. So, okay. So first the advice that I would give that I realized myself recently and this like second time like go around being single again um I would say that the best advice that I have is that you should never put an emphasis on dating more so than any other part of your life you should have as much emphasis on dating as you have as doing well at your job having your friends having your family your apartment your this your that whatever it is whatever your pillars are in your life they should all have equal value. Of course, certain scenarios call for more emphasis. So for example, if like something's happening in your family, you're obviously gonna pay more attention to that part of your life. But I think in my early twenties, I put all my value and all my worth in if somebody liked me that I was dating or you know, having enough dates or meeting the right person, whatever. Um, and it made me feel like shit. And it also made me feel like, it affected all the other pillars of my life. Cause then you're like cranky around your friends and you're like not paying attention at work and you're whatever it is. And I think when you start to derive confidence from other parts of your life, you don't look at it as like, oh, he doesn't like me. And now I'm, you know, not worthy or whatever. You look at it as like, okay, whatever, that didn't work out. We got to keep going. We have other things to worry about. We have so much going on, et cetera. So just never putting like all your emphasis on dating and even just like when it comes to your thoughts, like if you spend all of your time thinking, oh my God, he's not texting me and I'm a loser, et cetera, et cetera, then you really are living out what you're thinking. Like that is sort of true on some level. Yeah. And I think the more that you can like take a step back and start to put it in perspective with the other parts of your life, you'll be so much better off um, and probably attract better energy ultimately from someone else. Well said. Phenomenal. The ratio question. I'm super curious. That's our meme, by the way. That's so good. (laughs) So the ratio, I I think I definitely feel it. I don't know. Like, I I feel like there's so many people in New York that I can always, you know, if I go on a dating app, I can always like, it's not like we're low on men. There's there's men here. Um, But I would say that it does, you feel much more disposable than probably maybe other places. I don't know. I've only ever lived here as an adult Um, in the sense that you're kind of always being like, is he talking to like lots of other people? Like that's the vibe always, I will say, like in the beginning of of dating someone, just because you know that there is like a lot of great women here. Yeah. And um, so I, I do feel like there is that power dynamic a little bit, 
but on the other hand, you know, it's such a big city that I, I feel like there's always, you know, someone to go out with if you really want to. And um, it's more, it's just more that early phase, but I think you think about it a lot more. Yeah. What would you say that the message that like in the book, what would be the Mm -hmm. biggest message that leaves readers? I hope that the message is that all you have, all you're left with is yourself. So like throughout the book, you hear me, you hear me talking to me basically. So at the end of each story is a line of um, italicized text that is basically me looking back at the situation and like making fun of myself in Mm -hmm. that situation or commenting on what ended up happening and I hope that the reader takes away from it that it's like all you have is you so you can go on all these experiences and you can learn a lot etc etc but at the end of the day you know you have to be prioritizing and laughing with and taking care of and also scolding when necessary yourself. And I, I think it's a little corny, but I, I do feel like that is the message. Like at the end of the day, all you, all you, you go home with you. You don't always go home with them. You go home with you. <laughs> yeah. I love that consistency of like the cathartic experience that you uh, reflected on earlier, how that's like, explicitly evident in the italicized text that is like literally reflecting on what you just expounded upon yeah. I absolutely love that that's oh, so cool love that. well yeah. I love that too because I was going to ask like do you think it inspires readers to continue dating like not to give up and like to find a partner but what I love about what you're saying is that it's about you at the end of the day and like being happy with you rather than focusing so much on finding the one because I think that makes the message of the book so much more powerful and stands out so much more from other dating books yeah like I was very clear with the publisher I was like this is not like a how to date in New York book (laughs) yeah but this is probably the opposite on some level um but I think it's also you do notice a shift in like the narrative voice so in the beginning it's like I'm this young, frenetic, like all over the place. I'm just trying to get this guy to like me. Like I'm going, going, going. And then towards the end, I'm like, kind of would rather just like go home than force myself to try and like stay out the extra hour and learn whatever. And it's just like the growing up, becoming like more comfortable with yourself and also just being a little bit more yourself when you first start to date someone, that type of thing, which I think goes into what I was saying before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's so emblematic of our, or I would hope what our adulthood is like of not putting up with other people's bullshit and just yes. being strong in that. That's dope. Have you been on dates where they ask you about the book? So it's been very interesting. I thought it was going to be like a very weird thing, to be honest, especially because obviously like if you Google me, it's all about I mean, like you said, I'm going on a dating podcast, yeah. book all about the dating apps. I couldn't be more like obvious with this thing. <laughs> so that's good. But I thought, you know, when I had the breakup, I like took a lot of time off from dating. Um, but since then, like everyone's been really into it and excited about it when I like talked about it with, with people. Um, they, I haven't gotten any sort of like, oh, this is weird, which is what I thought 
the book would, the reaction the book would provoke. Um, I've definitely gotten like messages on the dating apps being like, are you going to write about me? Ugh. And I'm like, yeah. what have you done to deserve? A yeah. Give me a story and we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not a guarantee. The other thing is, it, it's not a guarantee that every date, like this does not encompass, this book does not encompass every date I've ever been on by any means. No, no. It is like a real, like like whole sort of process of- the highlight reel. On, yeah. Um, so it's been pretty positive so far. I mean, I try to look at it like, even if you, even if it's not your thing and like, even if you would never write about the dating apps or dating or love or whatever, it's like my dream came true like that should be like so exciting you know like that's an amazing thing so um from that perspective I feel like it's like you know very accepted yeah and 100% like you were saying in the beginning like writers write about their experiences and you had these creative passions from the get-go so it might make sense that you would write about what you're experiencing yes I love that that's true and how sick that you wrote a book like (laughs) Honestly. Right. Yeah. There you go, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But let's get into this letter so we can help this poor person um, going through their own sorts of dating tribulations. Alejandro, do you want me to read it or should I? I'll take a go at it. You go. All right. So we have Dear Damsels, I've been living in LA for the past seven years with no luck on dating apps. They're always cycled or don't follow through after dates. I decided to move to New York City because as a Jewish girl, I felt I would have more luck meeting someone there. Arrived here and instantly got a message from someone from my past. Nothing bad had happened. We just fell out of touch and ended in other relationships. Turns out we're both single and he's made plans to do things with me. My question (laughs) is, is it bad to go back to someone if it didn't happen on the first go? Is it not meant to be if there wasn't instant chemistry? I can't tell if I'm settling because I'm desperate to find someone or if it's meant to be. Sincerely, settling or succeeding? Question mark. Mm. All right. What's your take on this, Jenna? Okay. So my first thought is I would, I mean, I know that we don't have this insight and I can understand that. But I would love to understand what happened on the first go round. Like, did they date or did they go on a date? Like, what's the backstory there? Because that will affect the future, in my opinion. But from what we have, this is what I would say. I would say if you're fe- you're clearly interested if you're writing it, right? You, you're interested, and that little voice in your head that's like, I want to kind of go up the sky again. Like that voice is going to continue to be there. So I would say, go out with him, see it through, whatever the outcome is, the outcome is, he's reappeared in your life, um, which feels, you know, like you should see it through. I think never say no, unless it's like a really bad situation and it doesn't feel like it is, but I would have a caveat and I would say that she should still continue to pursue other people, talk to other people, set up other dates alongside of it because I can kind of tell already that she is someone who 
you know, kind of thinks about like the story of how we met and now he's back. And is it meant to be that he's back now? And getting like really bogged down in that sort of like, is it the story? Like, finally, this is the story. Um, that can be not great and can kind of cloud your judgment about a situation and um, sort of like what's actually going on. So yeah, I would say see it through, see others and just um, take it one date at a time. Yeah, I'm with you. I think who cares, honestly? Yeah. Like I think people are too concerned about outcomes that they don't enjoy the journey um, to get to that outcome. And like, it doesn't sound like anything bad happened, whether it was a first date or they dated the first time. So why not? Like if this person is making plans with you, like they're giving you a shot, like just go ahead and give them a shot. It doesn't sound like you're writing exactly like what you said. So there must be some interest level there. Um, And things weren't going well for you in LA. So you have somebody who's making plans with you, who's interested in you. Why not just give it a shot? I think that like, who cares about things like going poorly the first time if that person wasn't mean to you, didn't hurt you and like nothing super traumatic happened. Like, it sounds like it was just a timing thing. Maybe it was a location thing. We don't have those details, but like, I mean, timing can like shift a lot of things in our life. Like it just, I think it sounds like a timing thing that why not just give it a go this time around. I totally agree. And I think like, in addition to the timing thing, like there's other extenuating circumstances that may put a position or put the person in a different position now than before. Like there could have been a time of therapy that could have been underwent. And maybe that has allowed either person to be more open and maybe allow that instant chemistry to like effervesce the second go around rather than the disappointment of there being like no chemistry the first time. But, there was yeah, enough chemistry the first time, but now she's still interested. Yeah. Like I have people from like years ago that like we fizzled out. And if they contacted me, I'd be like, no, like, I don't care. Like I'm not interested in seeing yeah. this. But then there are other people that like, if they texted me, I think I'd be like, sure, why not? And I think like you already know if it's like what box it's sort of like falling into. So I also do think that like you should always live out the scenario. So if something's presented to you and it's not like a toxic or bad situation, you should always just see it all the way through because otherwise then it continues to come back. And so you should just see it through, see the outcome. And then, and I agree with you, Lauren. I feel like a lot of people are always like, if I, should I go on this date? Because then that, what would that mean? Like, then am I that girl that's like going back and it's like, it's a date. It's a, it's a few hours of your life. Relax. To me, when I hear that, I hear anxiety speaking and I feel like it's like, let anxiety take a seat and let you like have your feelings dictate how you feel entering this like potential situationship. And I just feel like people are like too concerned about the what ifs and like the maybes and the should I and the should I nots. Like just if this person is interested, then go for it. And she said something interesting in here. I guess I shouldn't, he, she, they said, um, is it bad if I go back to someone if it didn't happen on the first girl, if there wasn't instant chemistry? Um, I feel like feelings can grow over time and the settling part. This is what I wanted to talk about. I can't tell if I'm settling because I'm desperate to find somewhere it's meant to be. Well, if you don't give it a shot, then you're going to be asking yourself like, well, should I have given that more of a shot? Like, was that the person that I was supposed to be with? So either way, you're going to be asking yourself these anxious questions. So you might as well just go for it. 
Yeah, I also feel like the like the question about is it me settling? Like that's just unrelated. Like it's yeah. like we don't even know. We don't know if you're settling with him. We don't even know him anymore. We've got to reopen the door and see if he's someone that we're settling with or not. You know? Yeah. Like I think that's something that she's just written in her head. Like right. that's her own narrative about herself, and it has nothing to do with him. So I I also think that you know, a lot of times you don't go on a date with someone and have instant chemistry. Sometimes it takes a few dates to feel it, that excitement um, and to actually really feel like attracted. So you'll know over the next few dates if it's, if it's um, worthwhile or not. My boyfriend hooked up with my best friend on our first meeting. So they had some instant chemistry and we've been together for five years. So I don't think it's- Oh my God, no way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, best friend to this day. They hang out all the time and it's not weird, so. Wait, oh, was, so this was in college? In college, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was like they, at a party? They made out and uh, at a club. And the best part about this is actually that we all took a photo booth picture, the three of us together. And in one of the photo booth frames, they're making out. Oh my oh. God. Uh. I can't believe I've never said this on the podcast before, Alejandro. That's really funny that you're just hearing this. How did we go from the friend making out with him to a five-year relationship with Lauren? Well, to give you the spark notes on it, um, that happened. and. I was in a relationship at the time. Oh, he kept doing me. And eventually, like my friends would notice that when this person would like Brian, I don't know why I'm saying this person, like it's a fucking hidden thing. Um, <laughs> when Brian would message me, I people would notice that I would be like smiling a lot and like just felt like really happy. So eventually I broke up with my ex-boyfriend, hooked up with Brian like that day. <laughs> and then um the rest is history. Oh my God, that is crazy. And that's why I say that you should always pay attention to how people make you feel and not just like the profile on the dating app and like thinking too much about all of the logistics of that person. Just like really pay attention to how you feel when you're with them. Cause I feel like that tells you everything you need to know. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true. I always think that, I always think while I'm with them, yes. But then also right after I leave them, I always think, okay, how do we feel? Yeah. Like, do we have do a little miss them? Are you happy? Are we happy? Yes. You really always know. Like you, you really do know. Like you can have a good time with someone, but then leave them and feel like a little sick to your stomach. And you're like, why? And it's because they're not it, you know? And I think we feel energized by the people <laughs> that make us happy. Like after you see like a good friend, you feel good after it. And like, you should apply that same thinking to dating. Like did that person like have riveting conversation or were you thinking like, do I want to go be on my phone? Yeah, I know. Or like, am I actually excited to see them again? Yeah, or is it a chore? Cause it's like, sometimes I'll go on a date and it's like, I could talk to a wall. So it's like, I'm having a good time because I'm just like blabbing over here. And so I think that if they're able to almost like keep up with the banter, then I'm always like so excited to see them again. But if they're just fine, then it's like just a fine experience. And it's like, 
I could. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't even, you know, like, I think that's the hard part about dating too, is like, you have, people are always like, oh my God, you probably have so many bad dates and so many whatever. And it's like, no, I have so many mediocre ones. Yeah. Like I've had so many ones where it's just like a little bit good and a little bit just like, I don't know. And I think that's what's so hard is to like differentiate if it's like not worth pursuing or if it's, you know, just the beginning and you're getting to know them and like it's on its way. So yeah, I think it's sometimes hard to differentiate. I really like the checks and balance system though of like assessing how the person makes you feel either before showing up or like immediately after. That sounds like really, really useful, especially for many listeners who might be experiencing that like, well, yeah, asking themselves that exact question at this very moment, who knows? Yeah, I wish I had heard that many years ago because I would wake up with like terrible anxiety after a date and then my friends would be like, how'd it go? And I'd be like, it was a great, why? Like, why are you not getting the vibe that I had the best time? And then it's like, in my head, I'm like, you're just anxious because you've been, you're so jaded or you've like had so many bad dates. And it's like, no, you, this person's just making you anxious because you don't know if you're going to hear from them and they're shady and, you know, whatever, whatever the scenario was. Totally. Yeah. Anxiety makes us do so many things or like think so many things that are so unnecessary. And that's why it's like, uh, you need to really address like, this is anxiety that I'm feeling and not how I'm actually feeling about this person or the situation, because I feel like anxiety at least for me can just make me go crazy and like think about things that don't exist and aren't real and not just focus on like how this person is making me feel at the end of the day and I think that might be what this listener who wrote in might be feeling too like the consequences of anxiety of having unfair expectations pressure yeah and adding like extra pressure not only on the other person but maybe themselves too of like oh well should I should I stay in this longer this and that and just like I really love what you said, Jenna, and Lauren about just like riding the wave and like just putting your stuff out there and just experiencing it because all it is is just a few hours of your time and you can return back to whatever daily programming you have scheduled already. I heard this thing once, I don't know where, but it was basically like anxiety is the feeling of like your heart's racing, you're tense, you feel like almost like your body's like propelling really fast forward into like you know a little bit of like a delirium it's like a lot of intensity and like your versus your intuition it's just like a soft voice that's like very calm and it's not stressing you out it's just very clear and calm and for so many people I would I would think like oh you just have anxiety because you're not hearing from him or it's not working out or whatever but um versus like is it my intuition and whatever um and I think like those two things are really different and once you like key into that it becomes very clear like what your intuition is versus anxiety oh I think we have another topic for another episode (laughs) I am excited (laughs) you mentioned psychic readings and being really fond of them so like I too am very into that whole world of just like assessing like ourselves and um what is around us so yeah no that's I'm scared to know my future I can't go to one because I'm like terrified if I'm not gonna like what they say <sighs> they're never gonna say anything bad they never no. say anything bad because they want you to come back think about it <laughs> <laughs> they're not 
like you're going to lose your job because you're never going to go back. <laughs> well, in that case, yeah, you won't have money to go back. <laughs> yeah. Was that we had somebody on, Cassie Martinez, who hosts a travel dating podcast. And um, what I really love about like her experiences through dating is that she thinks of dating as experiences and she doesn't like think of it as an um like a journey to an outcome where I feel like so much dating that happens in the U.S. is like going to meet the partner like it's always like testing people out to see if you can be my life partner and not just thinking about it as a meeting to have an experience that can end like at this one time and I love thinking about like the way that she talks about like some of her experiences where she just has these like beautiful five-day romances and that's where it lives and that's like how it stays in her memory because like what a way to just live your life that things are just experiences and not everything has to have a purpose I love that so much I think that takes like a lot of you know growing in your head to get to that place where you're like I I think I got to a point with dating where I was like what's the worst that could happen I go on a date he doesn't like me all right that's happened yeah like I go on the date I don't like him that's also happened it's just like you go on it and you just think like what the hell like I think that that's really my approach always it's like what is the worst that can happen? Like you go on a date and, you know, that's like a good safe situation. And it's like, whatever. I think the, the people really put such a like crazy emphasis on like it being this like serious thing where it's like, we're going yeah. on a date and I'm like so nervous. And it's like, it's fine. You're going to go on a lot of these. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just part of it. You have to just like, go through it and not put put so much weight on it. Um, and also the other thing that I will say about this um, letter, it's like, what I've also learned is just do what's good for you. Like, you don't need to get everyone involved. You know, if you think there's gonna be judgment, you think that people are gonna have their own opinions about the situation for the guy from the past. It's like, you do you, you go on that date and you live your own life. You don't need anyone else's opinion. Like not at this point, if you don't want it. and you see what happens for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us, Jenna. You have been a joy. It. it was so much fun connecting with a writer on the pod today. Oh, it was so, so much. Good to chat with you guys. I loved it so much. I could do it for many more hours. Can you tell <laughs> everyone where they can find you? Sure. You can find me on Instagram at Jenna Langbaum. And you can buy me in search of you on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, wherever really you would get a book, your local bookstore, most likely. Um, and yeah, that's it. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jenna. Thank Thanks, you so, guys. So it was so good to chat with you. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Damsels in the DMs. Until next time. Ernie, tell them. It's going down in the DMs. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.